The attraction was obvious. I need you, David. The danger wasn't. Get away from me! Let me go! Fear Rated R starts Friday, April 12th at theaters everywhere. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch movies from a year to determine if they're problematic by these standards. I am Jimmy. I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Fear, which was released in the US on April 12th, 1996, and in the UK on November 29th, 1996. It was written by Christopher Crowe and directed by James Foley. It stars Mark Wahlberg, Reese Witherspoon, William Peterson, Alyssa Milano, and Amy Brenneman. Yes, exactly. What's going to happen is this Jen and I have fought free pro... pro- Three problems this movie has, not problems, problems. Um, three each and one positive, and we're going to have a little discussion about it. And this is our 100th movie, Jen. Yes, it's a lot of movies. Technically, you and I have only released 98, because I released two with Testo, right? Right. When you were off. But you and I have recorded 100 because Dumbo and Harry and Henderson's didn't work, and we didn't release them because the sound was bad. So you and I together recorded 100, um, and I've recorded 102. But that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> it's a 100th movie, and we decided to do Fear, because why not? Well, it's because it was one of the first ones we wanted to do. Like It, was, it came up when we did Crush, mm-hmm. but we didn't want to do it so soon after Crush. And it's we've talked about it a lot, but just never got around to doing it. And it took us three years. And we had to rent it. Yeah, we did have to rent it. When we first decided to do it, it was on Netflix for me. And I thought, right, that's great. And it got taken off Netflix. And I downloaded it. And the file didn't work. And I had to rent it. So £2.49 this cost me. Hmm? Why did you... Didn't you... Don't you own it? it? No. No? You... No, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, no. I don't know why, I just thought this would be something you were doing. No. No, no. <laughs> I understand. After watching <laughs> it again today, I perfectly understand. Right, so what is your history with this movie then, Jen? Uh, I rented it not long after it came out. Um, I didn't really like it very much. Um, I actually liked it better when I rewatched it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't for me at the time. Um but I liked Reese Witherspoon. I forget what all I'd seen her in, but I was already a Reese Witherspoon fan. And uh, it was, I forgot, like, Mark Wahlberg was pretty big at the time. Like, I always forget about his music doing well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? I was like, why does he get top billing? Reese Witherspoon's more famous. Yeah. But I guess he, at the time, he must have been more famous. See, I was thinking that. I was thinking that it should be Reese Witherspoon's top billed. Mm-hmm. Because the story revolves around about her. Yeah. And they're essentially just giving the bad guy top billing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit weird. Although, around about this time, it's a bit... Well, the way Hollywood is, it's a bit strange that it's, it wasn't William Peterson that got top billing, mm-hmm. considering he was the adult, quote-unquote. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's usually what they would do with a sort of movie. But, um, but yeah, Reese should have got top billing. My history's the same as yours. I watched it when it came out on VHS, because I rented everything back then. And... I don't remember liking it or not liking it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
but I don't like it. But I just, I think I maybe watched it once or twice on TV, maybe. Mm. Yeah, this is a, this is, this is a good pick. <laughs> Usually we have bad picks, but I have a lot to say about this movie. Yeah, so do I. Right, so who, who's going to go first with the problems then? Do you want to go first? Sure. Um. <laughs> Say it like you mean it, Jen. Sure. Yay, 100th. Woo! I'm looking at my problems and deciding what mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm just going to go with the worst one first. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where Marky Mark is beating up her friend Gary. Mm-hmm. And that part was really tough to watch, or really any part where he's like really violent. Because last time I saw it, I didn't know about his hate crimes. Now I know about his hate <laughs> crimes. And so it was like, like watching him do that, it was like, well, that's the kind of shit you did in real life to people of different ethnicities yeah. because you're a fucking hateful dick. Yeah. It was a little too real for me. Marky Mark at the time was a big problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's like now. Um, he has apologized for his crimes and the fact, and I do think people can change because I, d- I do think there are some things that I did as a teenager that I regret doing as you know as an adult. I think, Not well, that sort of yeah, thing, but- I think people can change, but I I don't remember what he said in his apology, but I remember thinking it didn't quite sound. I don't think, if I remember correctly, it wasn't good enough for me. Like the way he worked. No, I'm enough. I'm very critical about celebrity apologies because they usually aren't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just good enough that people get over it. But it's like, it's not like he just did it once. It's multiple, multiple hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And I, like, he beat up children. Mm-hmm. He threw rocks at fourth graders. Yeah. Like, most people just talk about when he assaulted a Vietnamese American man. Mm. But he assaulted, like, what, like, 10-year-old black kids. While yelling the N-word at them. Yeah. That's pretty fucking bad, man. Like, he, if if he were somebody starting out now, he wouldn't have a career. The thing is, though, I mean, he was... I'm not defending him, right? Because what he did was atrocious. Mm. But I do think that if you grow up a certain way and you think a certain way and you're a certain age, you can, quote-unquote, grow out of it if you have a better support system when you're a bit older. And I do think him becoming famous and getting shit for what he did, did sort him out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think he is a hateful person now. I'm scrolling through his Wikipedia, and there's another one I didn't know about. And that was just, that was in 92. This movie was filmed in 94. So two years Mm. before he filmed this movie, he fractured the jaw of his neighbor in an attack. It says uh, that he, without provocation or cause, viciously and repeatedly kicked um, the man in the face uh, while another man held the victim to the ground. Like, two years. Two years before this movie. Yeah. That's... He was perfectly cast in this movie. Yeah, I guess. But it's it just makes it a little too real for me, right? It's kind of like, um, mm-hmm. that's my first problem. The world's fucked, Jen. Yes. They know this. I do. Uh, right, so my first problem is, I think I should just say, written by a man <laughs> for everything. Mm-hmm. Because some of the dialogue in this movie is atrocious. It's it's supposed to be, like, some of the stuff that David says to Nicole is supposed to be sexy and, you know, romantic mm-hmm. and, oh, he's charming her and everything. But he says something... You know every part of you tastes good, mm-hmm. and then she just keeps kissing him with a smile on her face, and it's like, is that 
What's that? That's supposed to be... <laughs> That's gross. And oh, the things he said about his car. I keep think David wants to have sex with his car. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting it out there. David wants to have sex with his car. What's your um, second problem? This one is also a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And it's whenever we decided to do this, it was the one thing that I knew for sure I was going to say. And it is... So her friend Margot mm-hmm. clearly gets raped by David. Yep. From what she can see through the window, Margot did not have a choice. He pulled her no. hair, he was violent with her, and carried her off. There's no question there about what happened. But she gets mad at Margot for having sex with David. And it's like, this girl gets mad at her friend for being raped. Yeah, my second problem is the treatment of Margot mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie. Like, the girl was raped. She was raped, and yeah. her friend is so shitty, and it makes Reese Witherspoon so much less likable after that. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, like, I think that that might be, I don't think that would be as likely to happen now, but I think maybe in the 90s that would have been a likely response from a teen girl, because kids are idiots. Mm-hmm. There's also this whole thing where, like, there's certain women who, I actually know one, uh, she's she's an awful person, there's certain women who, um, if a man cheats on them, or just doesn't want to date them or something, they always blame the whatever woman the man is with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's fucked up. Yeah. Because there's no ambiguity there. No. She saw what happened. But then that's just, I mean, I, I assume that's just to show that she, she still loves David. But the fact is, we just had, like, two scenes before that, we had her ditching David. Mm-hmm. Um, because she beat up, he beat up Gary mm-hmm. very violently. And then hit her as well. But then when, um, I can't remember the, the stepmom's name, but Judge and Amy. When Judge and Amy is... Um, <laughs> it's Laura. Oh, Laura. When Judge and Amy is um, <laughs> consoling <laughs> um, uh, Nicole and the dad comes into the room, she very quickly forgets about Gary. Mm-hmm. Just forgets about Gary because then she turns around and says... Um, David and I had a disagreement, but we could sort it out. We may not. And it's like, disagreement? He, like, almost killed your friend for existing? She's like the ultimate rebellious teenager. And it's like, if it weren't for the fact that she really, like, seems to hate her father Mm -hmm. and wants to piss him off, she probably would just break up with David. But it's like, she wants to punish her dad. Because he remarried, I assume. Well, honestly, I think it's just because she's a teenager. Like... I remember when I became a teenager, like, out of nowhere, I just, like, hated my mother. Like, my mom didn't do anything, but there was a certain point Mm -hmm. where just, for whatever reason, I just didn't like her anymore. And I don't know what it was, and I've talked to friends about it, and it's, like, the same kind of stuff happened to them. Like, there's something about you hit puberty, and at least one of your parents just makes you really angry. (laughs) But I think it's different here because she had to move in with her dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had to move in with her dad. She's only been living with her dad and her stepmom for a year or something Mm -hmm. she maybe didn't know her dad as much we can't really give her the excuse oh she's a teenager um when she does stuff like what she does to Margot. oh yeah you know what i mean it's like we can't there has to be some sort of line there it's like she's a teenager because she's she hates her dad or whatever but she's also like a horrible shit to her best friend Mm -hmm. who needs her because she was raped. Yeah. But yeah, my, my second problem is just the treatment of Margot. Just the way that 
the way that everyone treats Margot in this movie, it's like, heaven forbid that a teenage girl is comfortable with her sexuality yeah. and wants to have sex. I mean, her taste in men is fucking questionable, but uh, but the script treats Margot as though she's wrong mm-hmm. for being that way. And she's not. Yeah, exactly. She's not. She gets punished for it. She gets raped and she gets beaten up. And yeah, no, I just don't like the way. Written by a man. Mm-hmm. So that's my second problem. What is your third? Um, I almost said the dog head. That's mine. <laughs> Honestly, the and I don't blame the movie for this. I don't blame the writers for this. But the ending, the problem with these kinds of thrillers mm-hmm. is I and I probably said this before. We talked about something else. I don't know. But there's never a good way to end them. No. Like there's nothing that's going to feel very satisfying. They usually end. Like this one did, where it's like, you see the cop cars there, like, it's it's all over, whatever. And I don't know what it is I need, like, because I can't imagine that seeing her, like, a year later and being happy or whatever would make me feel better. I wouldn't like one, something that looks like a sequel where it's like, oh, he's there and he's gonna get her again. Like, there's no ending that... Mm-hmm that would really work, but it's still like, and I love thrillers and especially in the nineties, I loved thrillers, but they just, it's like the, the third act, but especially the ending is never quite as exciting as it feels like it should be. Or actually this one went on so long. It was too exciting for a while. Uh, Yeah. It goes on a bit too long. I mean, there's some good moments in it, but I just think it, it just sort of, it could have ended it a bit sooner, Mm -hmm. but I also think that, and David's death, I like David's death, right? I like the fact that the dad just is fed up, just grabs him and fucking launches him out the window. Yeah. It reminds me of The Crush, when <laughs> when Gary Elwes just punches um, what's-her-face and knocks her 50 feet away. Mm. That's great. I just like that, and then he's dead, and that's it. But I would have preferred that if it was maybe like Nicole and Margot rushing him and knocking him out the window. Yeah. I think that would have been more sort of therapeutic. Do you know what I mean? They would have been like, yeah, these two girls who he's abused in some way each, mm-hmm. physically and sexually and mentally, and just, they just both chuck him out the window. You know? Yeah. I thought that would be great. That would. That would. That would be satisfying. But I did, I did like it, though. I did like the, just the like brutality of it, just right out the window, mm-hmm. and that's it. He's dead. Although, how far did he throw him? I don't know. Because the geography's kind of weird. Because we see Nicole looking out the same windows, mm-hmm. and there's people in the backyard, and you can see the backyard. But when the dad chucks David out the window, it's right next to the water. He lands in the rocks in the wa- next to the water. So he must have thrown her a long, long way, like across a road. <laughs> that was a big throw. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I would have liked the two girls to have done it. Yeah. But yeah... My third problem is the dog's death because that's just too mean spirited for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's this kind of movie. I do like thrillers as well, right? But I I kind of prefer them when they they have some kind of levity to them. There's nothing like that in here. Like the crush is campy as fuck, mm-hmm. and I would rather watch the crush again than watch this because the crush has at least some sort of fun to it. Yeah. It's ridiculous as fuck, but it still has some sort of fun to it. This is just bleak. 
Well, I mean, part of the problem with this one is that it's too real. Like, this shit happens. It's, you know, the... Yeah. Like, dating an abusive guy and, like, you know, you watch it and because you know it's going to happen, you see the red flags. But you could also see how a, a teen girl might still fall for the things he says and mm-hmm. does and it's just it, it's it's real yeah that's what makes it hard and then you know you add the stuff about mark Wahlberg's violence past violence to it it makes it even more real like it's it's a that's what makes it like a scarier movie than the crush yeah no it does it does but that's i don't think that's a benefit though i think it's no, it's not. I don't know. I just, I just like some sort of levity, something. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really in this. But also the um the dog. We we we've been told that the dog is quite like uh, uh it's a good dog and it's uh, it's friendly and mm-hmm. the dad even says I've eaten Mina dogs for breakfast. You wimp at one point to mm-hmm. the dog right at the beginning and that's like mm-hmm. to show that the dog is you know quite calm and collected and it's just a big gentle giant um and they murder it. Mm-hmm. and they didn't have to like knock it out or something it was extra brutal seeing the kid yeah the kid being the one to see the the head go through it's mm-hmm. it that broke my heart <laughs> that that yeah. hurt a little um yeah yeah if you haven't seen the movie the dog the dog gets called away off screen by david and then everyone's in the house and the dog seemingly comes through the dog door and the kid walks over to get the dog. But it's actually just the dog's head, the severed head, and it gets shoved through the dog door. And it's not very pleasant. It's a little graphic. And it wasn't needed. They didn't have to kill the dog. They didn't even have to be a fucking dog in the movie. It's, you know. Well, have the, have the dog live and then the dog run and jump and push David out the window for knocking him out. <laughs> A better way to use the dog as some sort of device in the movie would have been like, you know, they talk about how sweet he is and how he doesn't get, um, he's not mean to anybody. Like, I thought it actually would have been better if it was like, he immediately is barking at David. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that in a movie when like an animal senses someone's evil. Yeah. Uh, before everybody else does. Like, otherwise, I just, it was, cause the dog was nice to him. And it's just like, why would you, mm. why would you do that? Like, obviously he does terrible things to people. Yeah. And there's this whole thing where like, you know, it's ridiculous how upset we get about animals when we don't get as upset about people. But it, it's the, it's the, is for me, it was honestly like how graphic the head was. Mm-hmm. Like if he had just killed the dog and the dog was lying there, like that would have been bad, but it was, oh, it was the way the head was taken off. Like that. It, it was too much for me. Yeah. It was just there for shock value. Mm. That was all. Positives. Do you have a po- do you have any more um do you have any more problems that maybe you, you were keeping um handy or I liked that like Laura seemed like a pretty sympathetic character to me and she was for mm. the most part seemed to actually have a decent relationship with um Reese Witherspoon. So the mm-hmm. fact that she told her she looked like a slut mm-hmm. um, was really upsetting to me. And also the fact that her makeup didn't make her look like a slut. Like, if anything, no. if anything, I could see her attacking, like, she was wearing, um, like, an outfit that showed, like, a lot of her stomach or something. That mm-hmm. would have made more sense to me if she said that her outfit made her look like a slut. But her makeup was fine. Like, that, so it just, it made me hate Laura, like, almost mm-hmm. immediately. 
And I think she's actually otherwise, she seems to be a good character. Like, I didn't see the point in that. Yeah, because she was fine at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. there was that scene, and then the, the rest of the movie, she was fine. I don't, I, yeah, I don't understand why that. I wrote down, um, take off your makeup, you look like a slut, and then I wrote, fuck you! Because <laughs> that's how I reacted when I heard her say that. It's like, how dare you say that to a 16 year old girl who does not look like a slut? Oh, I just noticed. I just noticed a note where I I, I agree with you about the way they treat Margot, but at one point she says mm-hmm. to her brother, "When are you going to grow up so I can ravage you?" Yeah, that's a, that's. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's that was what I was going to say earlier. That was going to go into my second um, problem. That line, yeah, mm-hmm. um, that that was not needed. But again, that is a man writing for a teenage girl. That's true. That's true. And yeah. that's why I think that Margot is not. She, I mean, she's treated like shit by characters and the writers, mm. and it's you know, there's no need for it. She's not harming anyone else. No, you know, it's she's not forcing um, Nicole to do anything. She 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 genuinely loves Nicole. She gets treated like garbage. Yeah, the only thing I think she does wrong in the movie is at when they. When that party they're at gets raided, she leaves Reese Witherspoon alone with David, who she doesn't know, mm-hmm. and ran off with a guy. And it's like, don't it's your friend. Yeah. That was shitty. But other than that, and then that was shitty. telling a kid she wants to ravage him, like, she she seemed nice. She seemed like she was a good friend. Yeah, but again, though, I think her running away is a bad script thing. Her leaving Nicole and David is a bad script thing because... The writer needed Nicole and David to be alone. Yeah. Man, Reese Witherspoon looks so young. She was 18 when they filmed this. And she looks yeah. like a baby to me. Yeah. Um, and But it's all right now, because now, in 2023, she has a clone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Her daughter looks just like... Yeah. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon looks in this movie, and it is crazy. But anyway, just wanted to say say wonderful things about Reese Witherspoon, because I'm a big fan of hers, and I have a lot of respect for her as a producer. Yeah. And the morning show's really good, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen it. but it? it's I I've it. never seen it. I don't have Apple. I, I love the morning show. And Steve Carell, like, how did he become so handsome? That's weird. <laughs> Because you watch The Office, and I just don't see it. And then, like, in the morning show, the man is very handsome. And I'm like, what happened? So there's that. What is your uh, positive? I like the soundtrack. I Mm -hmm. am wondering if... And I've wondered this before, and I I could have done some more Googling, but it didn't say anything on the Wikipedia page or on IMDb or anything. But I've always kind of wondered if Bush kind of debuted in this movie. Mm. Because this is pretty early for Bush to be playing... In a movie, and there's two Bush songs in it. What? What's so funny? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm being a child. Um. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's some Toad Wet Sprocket, and then yeah, this is the upsetting part: is the Sunday's Wild Horses plays during the one scene everybody remembers. I know. And what is upsetting is because I probably like you associate it more with Buffy's prom when Angel shows yeah. up and they dance. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten it was in this movie at that part. Yeah. And when we picked out our song for the first dance at our wedding, we picked Wild Horses by the Sundays. Right. So I associate that with my wedding. And that's, I guess, technically mine and Dylan's song. And then one day someone's like, well, you know, that's the song that plays in the scene 
where Reese Witherspoon gets fingered, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's why I watched it a few years ago, because I had just found that out, and I was, and now the song feels a little tainted to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I still, like, the soundtrack's really good, and um, uh, it's so funny, because when I watched this, I watched it on Friday, and it was one of two things I watched that had the song Machine Head by Bush in it. What are the odds? Oh, really? Yeah, the other one was Beef, which is new. So it's not even like I was watching stuff from the 90s. It's like it, it was in an episode of Beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the odds that I would hear that song, of all the songs, that I would hear that song in two different things in one day? Yeah, no, that's strange. But, and along with the music, like, I was watching it and I was like, Seattle, so many movies took place in Seattle in the 90s. And I was like, why is that? And then I was like, you're an idiot. Like, Seattle was so huge at the time because of grunge and mm-hmm. Starbucks and. Yeah. <laughs> everything yeah so a lot of movies took place in seattle at the time so like if your movie took place in seattle you need to have some decent music absolutely i actually forgot about that scene the fingering scene oh you did i did the only thing i remember about this movie i remembered about this movie was the plot right the the outline that he's he goes psycho Mm -hmm. and him and his uh, funky bunch attack the house and get all get murdered the thing that sticks in my head is the dog the dog's head coming through the, the... Yeah, I didn't remember that. Yeah, that's the one thing that stuck in my head after all these these couple of decades. What's your positive? Um, Toby is a little badass. Mm-hmm. He He's quiet the entire movie. He just, like, he just doesn't do anything. He's just sort of in the background. But then when Push comes to shove, he gets out the house, mm-hmm. gets in the car, runs over a dude, kills him. And then uh, phones the police. Yeah, I was just upset with him for coming back because he was safe. Like, he could have just hidden in the car or something or hidden somewhere outside. And he comes back into the house. And I was like, kid, take care of yourself, man. But he saves the day because he... No, he does. He does. He unlocks Laura and then Laura unlocks the dad and then the dad fights David. No, I just... He He fucks right the window. He's such an innocent, like, he's a little kid and I just wanted him to be, like, taking care of himself. You know what I mean? Instead of going back into the house. Yeah, I mean, that kid's gonna need therapy. Just the seeing the dog head alone, he's gonna need therapy. But yeah, I just, I just like that sort of... He's quiet throughout the movie. He's just sort of there. He's nothing to do with the story at all Mm -hmm. until the end. And you just kind of forget about Toby. Yeah. Um, and then he steps up and saves the day, basically. He's a wee badass. I really like that. That's part of the script I like. Because <laughs> I did forget about Toby. Yeah. I did like, you know, they're just like, oh, this little stealth um, killer is here. <laughs> uh, he's going to save the day. Did you notice that when Nicole and David, anytime one of them said, I love you, the other one did not say it back? I did notice that because I read it on IMDb as well. Um, well, I noticed, I noticed <laughs> it, and then I read it on IMDb. Yeah, all right, cool. No, it was the other way around for me. I read it. It bothered me a little. Like I, yeah, and I love you hanging out there. Bothers me. Yeah, I've got loads of notes, but I'm just gonna read a couple. Okay. Um, James Foley directed the last two Fifty Shades movies. <laughs> okay. Um, he, he's directed this and uh, Fifty Shades Freed and the other one. What else has he done? Is I didn't look him up. Uh, he's not really done much. Some TV shows and that, and, and then um, the Fifty Shades movies. Okay. Not really anything else people have heard of. I don't think. Yeah, I just realized I didn't really look anybody up. Usually, I look people up. Like I didn't look the writer up. No, he's not done much either. Wow, I haven't seen any of this stuff. 
Oh, I saw Alfred Hitchcock Presents. In the 80s, it must have been the reboot. Oh, yeah. So I haven't even seen the reboot of that. So, yeah, I haven't seen anything else this man has done. Mm-hmm. So for all I know, he doesn't really exist. Because if I haven't seen it, does it exist? But you saw this one. I did see this one. <laughs> At least it existed in 94 or whenever they filmed this movie. Now, I do have some more things to say, okay. but very briefly. Uh, why is David allowed to just walk around school? I don't know. I I mean, I do think things were more lax back then. I think that um, once Columbine happened, schools were a little harder on like people coming into the school. But, but wasn't this after Columbine? No, Columbine was in 99. 99, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was 99. And this was made in 94. So I could see how that might happen. But I don't know. I don't know. But like, how did he know which locker was hers? Yeah, yeah doesn't yeah i mean i guess he was watching her he could have he could have watched to see what locker but but still still uh okay my phone went off because the battery would be charged so i'm going to have to open up docs on my laptop to read my last <laughs> note <laughs> i'm just waiting to load up i've got two bits of two more notes uh david has a chucky doll in his house and i respect yeah. him and only that only mm-hmm. that david traveled a lot he traveled a lot in his final day um, because he went to Nicole's, he threatened Margot, he went to the school, he killed poor Gary in the woods, he went to the dad's work to smash up his car, then he went to the mall to abuse, uh, to assault um, Nicole in the, the bathroom, then he went back to his house, noticed that it was all smashed up, and then he went to Nicole's house at night. That is a lot. I didn't realise that was all one day. <laughs> wow. Busy day. Busy final day. Yeah. Well, no wonder he was so angry. He was just like constantly angry the entire day. It never stopped. Like maybe, maybe if he'd had a minute to like take a break, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe get a sandwich, watch a little TV. Maybe he would have calmed down a little. Yeah. Watch some daytime TV. Watch some Jerry Springer. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> so yeah, that's movie 100 or 102 <laughs> for me. Uh, so yeah. We are going to be taking a little bit of time off because it's the anniversary and instead of doing an anniversary show, we're just going to release a compilation. Um, Compilation with bits that we're also taking out of shows because I do that a lot. Because usually we record for about an hour and I usually cut it down to 40 minutes. Okay. So there's a lot there. I don't <laughs> I don't listen to it, so I'm never aware of what you've cut out and what you no. haven't. Like, when I'm talking, I'm often thinking, oh, he's going to cut this out. But, like, I never know. <laughs> if I did listen and something was cut out, my memory sucks, so I probably wouldn't even notice. Mm-hmm. There's a t- couple of times recently where you've said to me, don't cut this out, and then said something. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> <You're> leave <leaving." laughs> After that, it is Jen's pick, and what have you picked for the next one, Jen? The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And I just looked, and it is written by a woman. So I think, because mm. at first I was like, I felt kind of weird about doing two 90s thrillers back to back. But since we talked about how this was written by a man, I think it might be an interesting contrast. Yeah. So hands that ro- Hand That Rocks the Cradle is next. Uh, so I'll pick a comedy for the time after that. So we don't know, I have a few weeks. Say the end of, I don't know. May. Towards that time, we'll be back. But I will release something in the meantime. That's all I have time for. If you want to follow the podcast, uh, just go to the website, <laughs> shiftybench.co.uk. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Uh, where can people follow you online, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Um, I tweeted the other day. <laughs> I tweeted one tweet. Did you? Yes. I never saw it. It was about Don Cheadle. Cool. 
All right. <laughs> and how awesome he is or <laughs> yeah i think you know i've watched endgame a lot in the past year i have a problem where i just keep watching it i don't think people appreciate how funny he is in that movie like most of his funny <laughs> lines are kind of throwaways that you might barely notice but he yeah. is hilarious in that movie yeah well i mean people seem to forget that don Cheadle is actually he has done comedy he was in um a sitcom he was in um, Golden, Golden Palace. Palace. Well, and that's why I was thinking yeah. about it, because you know what I did last week? I binged every episode of Golden Palace. Did you? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> I haven't seen that show since it aired. <laughs> I've never seen the show, and I binged the whole thing. Right. So that's what that's what made me think about it. Uh, Cheech Marin's in that as well, yep. isn't he? Yep, Cheech Marin. Yeah. And then one time, Jack Black has two lines. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> I like watching old sitcoms and like the random people that show up like at the beginning of their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.